Hi, everyone. It's Paula Ferris, and welcome back to Season 2 of Journeys of Faith. We're so glad that you're tuning in. And we're going to kick things off this season with primetime. Deion Sanders, of course, he's the only athlete to ever play in both a Super Bowl and a World Series. Now, here's a guy who had it all, at least by the world standards. He had money, fame, women, but then he tried to take his own life. We'll tell you about the moment that changed everything for primetime. Also, why he's decided to get married to his longtime love, whom he's been dating for eight years. And do you know how he got the moniker primetime? We're going to dig in, but I do want to tell you that this particular episode was taped in his pastor's office in Dallas. Because of where the office is located, you're going to hear some noise from the street and some voices in the background. But nonetheless, here is episode one, season two, with Deion Sanders. So here with Dion Sanders, prime time, and your pastor, yes, Omar Jawa. Did I get that right? You got it exactly right. Bishop, whom also serves as my best friend. Yes. Oh wow. Therefore, yeah, absolutely right. So you know everything about prime time. Well, I know a lot. <laughs> yeah. He knows everything that I don't that I don't tell Jesus. <laughs> That's good. So, so best friends, how long? 20 years, man. Yeah. 20 years. Wow. Tell me I started. Well, I was working with these young people, and uh, Nate Newton, who had just got out of prison, and was working for me, working with these kids. And he said, man, I said, I got to get these kids excited. He said, you need to get someone to do it. And he said, let's get Dion. I said, man, Dion ain't going to come with these kids coming out of gangs. And he said, I'm telling you. And Dion showed up and did a great job at this event with all these business leaders and gang leaders. It was a crazy event, and he spoke at it. And got, it was very emotional. Kids was crying. He was crying. It was just unbelievable. And he said, bring all those kids over to my house tomorrow. I'm like, what? You know, so we got a van. And I told him, if these kids rob you, because these kids are not totally clean, brother. We just, <laughs> we just started. And, and, but they all went over to his house. And it was from that day to this day that we probably have never missed a day talking. It was that moment that sealed the deal because it was such a vulnerable moment, but that's how we hooked up. And the two of you have an initiative and you've been working to really kind of level the playing field for mm-hmm. kids from all different kinds of backgrounds, all correct? All ethnicities, all social climates. He did a one initiative with the single mothers where he brought uh, car dealerships, housing, jobs. Banking. Banking. Yeah, he was like... I just want one day where I can just minister to as, as many people as possible. That's just who we so, are. So we wanted the mothers to have opportunity to get employment, to have credit restoration, um, to be spoken into because some of them had been abused, um, just to understand how to be a better, better parent and all the resources that they need to insulate that. We brought all those capacities together up, on, up under one roof. Truth means trust in God, respect myself and others, understand I have unlimited possibilities try my best and never give up and honor the truth in his creed at all times. Kids from the age of 5 through 12 on spot, if you see them around the town with a truth shirt on, they could recite that, regurgitate that on the spot as well as their parents. So that mean, that brand means a lot Say to Say that us. again. Truth means? Trust in God. Trust in God. Respect myself and others. Understand I have unlimited possibilities. Try my best and never give up and honor the truth in his creed at all times. Do you think this is something that really resonated with you, considering your childhood, your mm-hmm. background, your biological father left when you were seven? Well, my biological father, he was, he left, but he was there. He left, but he was still in the inner city. 
You know, that's the way they do it in the hood. He, he don't just leave and you don't see him anymore. No, he's right there. That was that was right, you know, the phones was non-existent. Right. So your father could be right around the corner, but you never talked to him much. But my biological father left, but he was there. He was to the games. Uh, he played a role, not financially, but he was there. I could never take that away from him. And my stepfather was also there, one of the best men that I've ever known. He was there, but he wasn't vocal. So I had one father who was there um, and not really playing his role, which was a drug addict, my, my biological father, my stepfather, who was there, but really not vocal, which was an alcoholic. That's why I've never endeavored in drinking or smoking, never been high dead in my life. So I learned a lot from those two men. Whether it was good or bad, I learned a work ethic from my biological father. I, I learned my whole primetime persona comes from my biological father because he was that guy. And my work ethic came from my mother and my stepfather. So you learn a lot from the people, whether they're in or out, out of your life, that was supposed to play a role in your life. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have said that Bishop T.D. Jakes is like your spiritual father. At one point in time. This, 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 this is he. This is yeah. Omar is now your spiritual yes. father He's and your best that. friend. Yeah. And it makes it so much easier because, I mean, if I can't get him on the phone, you know, we joking and clowning. Like, come on. Up. <laughs> like, come on you know? And uh, just the, the personal counseling <laughs> that, that I receive um, in relationships as well as life. And some of the things that uh, he deals with and goes through. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. And we're able to really help one another. Yes. But he is that guy, up being up or down, winning or losing, he's there. Yeah, it's mutual vulnerability. It's not one side. Well spoken. You yeah. just said vulnerability, which Absolutely. is so important. Yeah. I mean, this is my brother. I am his pastor, and I speak in his life, but we speak to each other on a level that's very real. And it's, and it's God-based because we know that's the that's the foundation. But it's real. It is extremely real at the worst moments in my life. And he's been there. I mean, straight up. Worst moments in his life. I'm there. And uh but the end of the day we know God is there. And then the, you know, it, it's funny. He you know, he would say to me, Pastor, I don't have bad days. You know, I have moments that God is trying me, but I gotta figure out what what is God saying. So most of his questions are not about personal grief. It's about Help me to hear clearer what God is saying right now. Mm-hmm. Pastor Tim, what, what, I gotta understand, what, what does this mean? And so we really go on these real spiritual fact-finding missions that really make you pressurize what God has in you to release. And then that release is unbelievable because it takes us, it takes advantage of the moments that only you can share when you're in the presence of God. It's, it's, it's a real powerful bond. And this is a, this sounds like a interesting relationship that mm-hmm. you guys are friends, yet you're empowering one another. There is a level of accountability between oh, the absolutely. two of you, correct? And you got to understand, there's accountability, but I'm submitted to him and his ministry. To his authority as well? Yes. Oh, yes. Like, if, if I were to... People are scared of that word. Yeah, but that, that word is real to me. How could I be submitted to a football coach, a baseball coach, mm-hmm. athletic coach, but not to the man of God who's speaking to my spirit? I don't even understand that concept. So if there was any um, thoughtfulness of whether to do A, B, or C, I'm going to... And, and, and God is not clear. I, I can't hear him at the moment. I'm going to... Submit myself to his authority mm-hmm. on a multiplicity of things that I have, especially when it comes to relations. 
Ships. <laughs> ships. <laughs> I'm throwing it down. Too. Yeah. Ships. We all need yeah, a yeah, little yeah. help in that area. Yeah, I mean, um, it's and and you know this this is not um this is not something that we take lightly, and that, you know because it's real real issues that come up. We have these fun times, but it's all about. Iron sharp sharpens iron. Men sharpen men, and we're really sharpening each other so we can get the best out of where we are right now. And then the trajectory, you know, this this is you got to traject in the future what God is doing. You know, He has uh, when Dion is talking, like He has this saying, "I'm 51 and done." He's like, "I'm through playing. I got to hear God clearer. I can't. I got to put away childish things, Pastor. I'm looking for something. And I'm and it's this urgency. Purposeful. Everything yeah. has to be purposeful. Yeah, and it's this urgency." in the pursuit that causes you to wake up every day expecting God to do something different today than he did yesterday. And it's real. And that's, that's the thing that I think people miss about Prime, that Tuesday is really not like Monday. And mm-hmm. Wednesday is not like Tuesday. It is a daily, God, what you're doing right now. It's a daily choice. you got to yeah. wake up and say, i, I got to do that. It doesn't come easy. No, and it is so real. And it's fascinating. It's a fascinating journey to mm-hmm. be Align with uh, my brother. It's I'm not being rude. It's, you just stumbled upon something that that was my morning word. You're looking at your phone right now, uh, Dion. You're I, not being rude. Yes, I had a morning word that I that I text out and text out to probably 200 of my closest friends, and including a pastor. And uh, my morning word says, "What is it that you want? Focus on it. Cut some folks off. Distance yourself from all distractions and go get it. When it's all said and done, it's on you." No excuses. Truth. So it's, it's words like that. And that's the, our tempo. That's the way we march. That's the way we go. That's our only march. Get set. Go. That's our cadence. I mean, that's that's the our stride, man. That's how we go about life. Right. Like I say, there's no bad days. Right. There's no way we have no bad day. How can we have a bad day when when I belong to God? I mean, and I'm his guy. Like, it just I, gives you I, perspective. I really it? know I'm his guy. Mm-hmm. So how would he allow me to fail? Now, so if I'm going through something, I'm going through it. I'm not going to stop in the middle. I'm not going to stutter step in the middle. I'm not going to falsify a step. I'm going to keep on going through it. Right. So I can get to it. And that's that's the whole understanding of it. We don't have bad days. We um, make today what we want it to be. You live with purpose and, and All day. intention. I want to go back, Dan, because you're the only athlete that's ever played the Super Bowl and the World Series. You're raised by your mom, who was somewhat mm-hmm. religious, but you didn't really have a relationship. You didn't really find your faith until later on, right. and really until after you won the Super Bowl. But for from all intents and purposes, it looked like you had it all. You had wealth, yeah. you had fame, you Same. had women, you Same had won a though. Super Bowl, and yet you, you tried to take your life. You tried to end yeah. it all in '97. Because I had what the world would call success, and that's what that. That was it, what the world would call success. And I thought that was it. I thought I'd arrived at this place called there. And that's the place that we're all trying to garnish. That's the place that we're all trying to arrive at. That's the place that we're all trying to secure, that place called there. But what happens when you get there in the place that the world told you to get to and then you find out ain't nothing now? You felt empty, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's when there's an emptiness. That's when there's a, then you seclude yourself. Then you and, 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 and capture yourself. Then you start saying, so what is it? Okay, let me go, let me go get some women. Okay, no, that ain't it. Let me go buy another car. Oh, no, no, that ain't it. Okay, millions. No, 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 that ain't it. Uh, let me clothe it. No, that, that ain't it. I can't, let me, let me do, no, that ain't it. Super Bowl wins. Right, that, that ain't it. 
So you start understanding that's not it. And you start saying, what is it? What is it? And then you really understand. See, I never played with it. Although I was a not saved, I read my Bible every day. I would read a scripture every day in the morning. That's where I start off my mornings. But if you ask me five minutes later what I just read, I couldn't retain it because it wasn't in me. I was doing that just to make myself feel better about what I was doing in life. Were you going through the motions? No, I wasn't going through the motions because it wasn't no motion to go through. Mm, No. (laughs) It really wasn't. I was just living um, a life that I knew God was calling me collect, but I did not want to accept the charges because a collect call, which people don't even know about anymore, is going to cost you something when you accept the charges. I didn't want it to cost me this lifestyle. I didn't want it to cost me these friends. I didn't want it to cost me these things that I thought that 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 made me feel better about mm-hmm. me. But it did. And I had to make a decision. What was rock bottom for you? Rock bottom for me was just uh, being in the midst of a game when everybody's screaming when they don't know your middle name. Rock bottom was for me was having hundreds of suits and not covering the pain. Rock bottom for me was having hundreds of pairs of shoes but couldn't take a step in the right direction. Rock bottom for me was having 10 cars and one going nowhere. Rock bottom for me was having a 14,000 square foot house but never feeling at home. Rock bottom for me was laying between two and three women at a time but you get up unsatisfied. Rock bottom for me, yeah, was bleeding, laying right beside the person who said they love you. But she didn't even know you was in pain. That was rock bottom for me. So you tried to end it? Yes. Not once. I tried to escape. No, once I tried to escape the, the the pain of it all. Because it now it's gotten to pain. Because you're crying out for help, but, but nobody could hear you. Were you crying out to God at that point? I, no, I was crying out to people. But they couldn't hear you because they saw prime. They saw my character. The character I created, not the character of a man. They saw the character I created. That was prime. They never want Saudia. Never at all. They never wanted to see it. Because the character was so profound as in an actor, you start to think that Jim Carrey is what mask or whatever it was. You start thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. You start thinking Eddie Murphy really is wrong. <laughs> no, he's acting, man. <laughs> and uh I was a victim to my 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 I'm not going to say my uh, accredited acting. I was a victim to that. You you can't say that it was just coincidental or just luck that you survived. No. That suicide attempt. You, it was you, the grace you, of God. You drove your car off a cliff. Off the side of a highway. And I, and I opened my eyes and I was still alive. So I knew what it was. I wasn't no fool. You know, I just didn't want to surrender. I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I just didn't want to surrender at the time. You were running. I was bad, but good. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, now that I've learned the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, I was bad in Christ thought, but I was good in man's consideration. I never smoked, never drank, stopped using profanity myself in high school and college. I'm sorry. So my only vice was a woman here and there. Never treated people unfairly. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's how my mother taught me. Every team I played on, the locker room, everybody was my guys. Never had odds, really, with people. Mm -hmm. So I was bad, but good. 
especially when you start comparing yourself to man. Who else are we to comp- compare ourselves to when we're not saved? The person next to you, the person you see the most, the person that you frequent the most. We don't compare ourselves to Jesus because we know that's unattainable when you're not saved. So that was bad, but I was good. That was the challenge. When did you stop running? Afterwards, right, right, right after I, I, I failed at killing myself. Think about that. Athlete who's dominant in whatever he endeavors to do. Could walk in a room and set the temperature to any temperature he wants with just his presence. Could win and knew how to win, who knew how to bring people to and fro to where he's going and always brought people to the rightful place and never misused or abused people. So I failed at doing what I wanted to do. You know how hard that is to cope with? Failing? failing, yeah. Failing is not in your vocabulary. But you failed at taking your own life. There you go. There you go. So now your attention is held. Now your attention is there. Now it's put up a shut up time because you know what the next, the, the next phase of it is. It's time. You finally surrender. You're going to have to make a decision, yeah. And it didn't take no, uh, I, don't, I have nothing against um, enormous, enormous churches of any ministry to, to, to that effect. But it didn't happen in the confines of a church. It didn't happen at the feet of a prolific or profound pastor. It happened right in a little apartment or condo, whatever you call it, in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's why the city is still dear to me. That's when it happens. That's when I gave my life to the Lord. Tell me about that moment. It was a tremendous moment. It was a wonderful moment. It was a moment that, uh, undescribable. I, I try my best to depict the moment to bring you there. It, it was almost like... There was bright, bright lights, like a 747 is landing in your room. The wind is blowing. Papers are flying all around. And, and you're saying, and, and you know what it is. You're not lost for words. You're not lost for thoughts. You're saying, Lord, your first thought was, your first thing you uttered was, Lord, if that shoe, take me. Lord, if that shoe, I'm yours. Lord, if that shoe, that shoe, Lord, take me. And that's what I said repeatedly. And uh, I confessed. I confessed, and as I did, everything just calmed down. The lights start to dim. The wind start to calm itself. And it was like, it's just now that I know it's the Spirit, just left the room. Pastor, what would you, how would you describe what happened uh, to him in that, in that hotel room? That, that is close encounter. That is the kind of um, Jesus moment that can only happen when you are surrendered. I was listening at him, and I'm tearing up thinking about all of that that he is saying. That was in 1997? I believe so. I don't even remember the year. Okay, we'll say late 90s. Were you a different person right away, or did it take some time? I had the same wit, had the same humor, had the same timing, had the same purpose, pretty much. I'm just doing it for Jesus. Are you making the same decisions, though? I mean, minus the women, of course. <laughs> that was my, honestly, that was my vice. And I wasn't a whore. Women were your vice. No, no, no I'm, I'm not going to even say it like that. I wasn't a whore. I was very picky and choosy. I was a relational person. So, mm-hmm. you know, during the, the height of my career, you know, I've had two long-term relationships and uh, five beautiful kids within the confines of marriage. So, 
Um, I wasn't perfect by any means. I did something here and there, but I wasn't out there at the clubs just saying, hey, you, you, you. I, I, I was never that guy. I was always private and personal, but I was doing wrong. So if that could could answer a question, that's why it was a true dichotomy, being good but being bad. It really was. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll tell you why Dion's finally getting married again and how we got that nickname, Primetime. You have said, quote, that it's not always easy to live a life of faith. No, because uh, the Christians got on my last nerve. The not Christians? The sense, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Because when I came to the Lord and said, I'm saved, I didn't get attacked by the sinners, the unchurched, unsaved. I got attacked by the, the church. How so? How is he saved? As if the blood could cover you, but it can't cover me. So you're really saying if you had what I have and things, you couldn't do it. That's the way I interpret it. Because how can a Christian ask a question about the faith of another man or another woman or another child? I never understood that, and that frustrated me because I thought that the Christians would be the one that would be rallying, yay, man, we got one that can lead a lot of people to the Lord. No, they were the ones that got on my last nerve. They didn't think, this. look at this guy with this huge platform. He can do some, some good for the kingdom. They're not, not thinking all. like that. They, they can look at this guy with all this, these, this access. How could he be saved? Well, really, you tell it on yourself because you're saying if you had the same access, you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I looked at it, Pastor. That's the way I interpreted it. But for you, you didn't leave the faith. How do you heal from those oh, wounds? I'm not a quitter. I'm not mm-hmm. a quitter. Once I start something, and I was called by God, not man. So that how can I leave that You know, in, in itself? Um, those wounds don't hurt me. you got to understand that God allowed me to get to the certain level of the world so that I could do any and everything I desired to do. It it ain't nothing that I wanted to do that he didn't allow me to do when I was in the world. So that when he called me, I didn't have to look back over my shoulder and say, man, if I just had a little more time to do that. Mm -hmm. No, I did it all. You literally did it all, didn't you? I did the doggone thing. The only thing I didn't do was I was supposed to start a movie. You know, <laughs> it's about the only thing I didn't do, and and that was only because the whole, the whole everybody got fired. You know? <laughs> I mean, you had a, you had a, you had, you wrote and rapped a song too. Yep. It must be the money. Yep, yep, yep. And, and honestly, must be the money is not what everybody thought. Must be the money was a darn testimony. I wasn't even saved at the time, and what I wrote was a public testimony to everybody. I said, diamond Rolex, gators on my feet. I got surpassed for every day of the week. My hair's done. My fingers nails too. Six buttons down. I don't know what to do. Must be the money. Because I was trying to tell you, you're making a big deal out of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same old cat from 1625 Henderson. <laughs> so it must be this money that's turning you on. Must be this money. I cannot go wrong. Must be this money who keeps me looking cold. Must be the money got me rolling on the stroll. That that was a testimony, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. One thing that strikes me about you, you're so confident in general, but you are so incredibly confident about the calling that's on your life. Yeah. What is that calling right now? Um, my calling is to bring people together, to unite people, to uh 
take the mask off some things that has been masquerading for years um, and to just bring unity. I'm, I'm, I'm serious to bring unity to help the disadvantaged, to put a flashlight on the needy, to, to shine in the places of darkness. My calling uh, does not stop. Because God could just whisper a word in my ear and I act and I move on it instantaneously. Yeah. I'm unapologetically going to go get it. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. Like your opinion of me does not have any effect on the opinion I have of myself. We always say, see, the world is confused. The world wants IE. Mm-hmm. It's two different pieces that people I. E. Okay, I'm, I'm explaining okay. it to I'm going to get there. <laughs> I'm going to get there. The world wants peace. I.E. We want peace, E-A. If you spell peace, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Ah, uh, yep. The world wants its peace. We just want our peace. P-E-A-C-E as opposed to P-I-E-C-E. Yes, That's yes. Good. So whenever we say, I could be across the room, I.E., right. and he know what that means. Let's get up out of here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> E-A. Yep. We smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. you can smell I yeah. from a mile away. Can there you, you go. Yeah. Yes, yes, we can. True. I mean, it's 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 pretty remarkable. You have such a platform, and you just want to shine a light on others. And you, everything you have, you just you want to give it, give back. Yeah, but I mean, I've been blessed to be a blessing, and that's the way I activate God's blessing to be a giver. Mm-hmm. To to not only give of uh, one of one of the guys I mentor a lot of kids in it, and the kids are grown men in the NFL and a guy called me I mean I haven't even told you that he's a Pro Bowl player he called me he said Prime man I want you to look at your schedule I want to come out man and I really want you to mentor me man I want to come out for a week man what would you charge me I say charge you man what's wrong with you I said, man, text me what dates you want to come we go out to the country you and your family you can take one of the little guest houses we good. I just want people to want it. If you mm-hmm. want it, we got it. That, that's our rule. If you want it, we got it. But yeah. don't play with it. Yeah. Don't play with it. You have said in the past that you can't be at your optimum without your faith. You can't. Uh, you, you can't. I mean, everything I got, God gave it to me. I mean, everything. I don't have nothing. Even when I wasn't with him, he was with me. So how, how can I be at my optimum? I mean... Even when I wasn't saved, man, I was praying before the games. I was, I was a man of, of some type of faith. I didn't have the, the strong belief like I do now, but I still had it from, from my grandmother, from going to church, from my mother. It, it, it's funny when you say optimum without your faith. He, there was some, some of the, um, celebrities who was talking about, you know, you know, we need more light and we need more energy. And he's like, look, man. You need Jesus, man. I'm not gonna play with you, man. If it's faith, you know, I'm not. I don't believe in life. I believe in yeah. Jesus, man. You need a relationship. Light is a bill you pay. Yeah. <laughs> energy is too. Yeah, you need Jesus. <laughs> you need Jesus, man. Let's get this straight. I think people look at your story. You had it all. Try to take your life. Then you find your faith. And it's so easy to respect that because you've been on the other side mm-hmm. and you've tasted that, and it was empty. When you consider where you would be without your faith, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. That's where I'd be. I wouldn't be in front of you right now. That's where I would be. Mm. That ain't no if and buts about it. That's one hundred percent accurate. God speaks to me a lot in dreams. 
I've seen extraordinary plays that I made when I played professional sports before I even made them. I call play. I, I would tell, hey, get ready to go play Atlanta. I'm going to pick this ball off on their sideline. I'm going to run down the sideline. I'm going to look at every last one of them, and I'm going to high step and do my thing. Watch. I had already seen it. I didn't I didn't tell everybody often, but I had already seen it way back in college. Um, this is the way we're going to end the Super Bowl. They're going to be driving down to try to tie the game, go ahead for the win. They're going to try me. I'm going to pick it off game over. Just like I said. Just like I said. So I saw so many things. I ran so much in my dreams and didn't have the speed to get away. Why wouldn't I have the speed to get away when I'm one of the fastest people to ever play my game? Because I couldn't keep running from the Lord. Why, right when I'm getting ready to die in the crash, I wake up. That means God has had to climb in the bed with me because I was too busy. I was too non-attending. I was too too focused on other things that he had to wait till I went to sleep to get in the bed with me, to chase me, to get me to understand what's about to go down. Mm-hmm. So I had seen it before, and I knew what was going to happen. I was having too many repetitive dreams of running and dying and all that stuff. And right before I would wake up, that meant he had to climb right in the bed with me. Mm -hmm. That's how much he loved me. That's how much he cared. That's how important I am to him, that he had to get in the bed with me. You know what that makes me feel? It makes me feel wonderful that he loved me that much. That's why I know he has my back. I've been in court, pressed up against some bull junk that I know I ain't got no business in him for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just got to go through the process. I'm going, we're going to win this. And we're about it. My attorney said, yeah, we're going to win this. I'm good. I said, God ain't build me up to drop me. Mm-hmm. Please. I said, I'm his guy. If I fall, he looks bad. And I'm making the right choices, the right decisions, doing the right things. I've learned my lesson. You think God can, Pastor, God can speak to you through dreams? Absolutely. I think that God uses multiple mediums to speak because the goal is to get you to hear. And some people can't hear audibly, but they, they cannot hear through service because they don't have the attention mm-hmm. span. So God will interrupt. And then in the scripture, he's done it. So I believe that the scripture is absolutely right. Whatever he yeah. did before, he'll do it again. So yes. Pretty incredible. Job yeah. 3, 14. You've got Job your Bible 13. app on your phone. For God does speak. Now one way, now another, through no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon man. I know I went crazy. I that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not crazy. You're prime time. <laughs> so, so what's going on in, in for life? And what's going on in your life right now? You're a commentator for NFL Network. And relationships, you're engaged? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the world got it a little late. It happened on the, on the first of the month, actually. But uh, I think she disclosed it probably a month later. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was, it's was it been a while ago. Yes. Pastor's Con- blessings. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Are, you, are you going to marry the two of them? That's the only way I'm getting married. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love them both. Yes, she's a great lady. She's a great man. Oh, Tracy's God. a great lady. Yeah. Enormous amount of counseling from the man. She's beautiful. <laughs> so you've been together with Tracy for like for eight years. Yeah. So what, why did you decide to get married? Well, kids play a major role. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in long-distance marriages, number one. Number two, uh, her kids graduate, her, her youngest son graduates this year. Um, my son, who lives with me, my other two lives with their mother, he is a sophomore now, so he has two more years. 
So just thinking all that through and walking all that through and making sure we do the right thing because I don't believe in long distance. So it's going to have to be sacrifices made on both sides. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes one is not willing to make sacrifices, but one must grow. (laughs) (laughs) The pressing and the crushing, right? right? You got to get pruned. You got to get pruned in order to grow. I have been pruned. pruned. You're going to be a big wedding or going to be quiet? Oh, no, we don't need no big wedding. Yeah, I don't need no big wedding. We've done that. Both of us have done that. Been there, done that. No. I wouldn't give a darn if just me or and Pastor. And we straight. <laughs> just in the, the country and we go fishing right after. We <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't like that, but I would love it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure fishing expedition is not what yeah. she has in mind <laughs> for the honeymoon. No, she would like to fly off and go to an exotic island or something. Yeah, 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 that's that's true. True. And I would be, and I'll say, what island are we going to? <laughs> oh, my God. Do they have some fishing there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're all done. Well, thank you. It's Contrary, been a pleasure. We want to add this last. Oh, yes. See, the thing that when we have these type of conversations and we let people in, which we rarely do, we don't do this. Um, this is a blessing. And I felt really comfortable because my pastor was here, but we don't really, mm-hmm. we don't really indulge into this. So, because people are so judgmental. But based on the reason Christians thought this and that about me is because they took what they saw on the field. Yeah. And they thought that was me. That's what I did. That wasn't who I was. What you do doesn't define you. Yes, Who you are defines you. But they tried to define me by that. So when we started talking about our faith, they never understood this is really who we are. That's not what we did. They didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Because they didn't know us. They didn't know me. Right. I mean, Dion, the real Dion, if it's 645, Dion is dead, 615. You don't believe him being late. If it's whatever he's Dion worth. showed up early for this interview. Oh, yeah. Dion, no, <laughs> being late is not, you know, that's, you know, no. He's going to be early, really, mm-hmm. early and prepared. Uh, whenever I'm on NFL Network set, he's never not prepared. I mean, extremely prepared. He is extremely courteous to individuals. I'm, I'm not talking about Biggie. I'm talking about the waitress, the janitor, the guy that's in the, you know, the lady, the older lady. I was, we was at this country place. This lady was buying us some tomatoes. And he said, ma'am, get as much food as you want. She was like, no, I, all I can afford is this. He said, ma'am, get whatever you want. She was like, oh, okay, but I don't, I don't have a lot. He said, just get it. <laughs> it was an older lady, was an older white lady who was, it was, and he bought it. And uh, she came back, she was crying. She said, you know, today is my birthday, and I didn't have anybody around. I just, uh, but thank you, you know. And again, it's like that all of the time. It is a very different perception of who he is and what he does. And then when you want to turn it on and be prime, that can happen to you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> he raised the bill. Yeah, prime, is, prime ain't gone. He raised the bill. Like, he, he's another entity. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get the name Primetime? Basketball. Played basketball in high school. I had like 36 that night. A couple of dunks back to back. And one of my best friends who played football, baseball with me as well, he's like, man, man you prime time. I said, yeah. You're right. (laughs) It kind of stuck from high school. So the nickname came from, uh, transpired from high school. One of my best friends Mm -hmm. gave me that tag. And that's the only way in the inner city you can have a nickname. You can't give yourself a nickname. You you had to earn it. You had to earn it. You earned it. Yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I lived up to it. Well, I'm thankful that the two of you took time 
out of your afternoon to to talk to us and share both of your stories and this really beautiful it. relationship that the two of you have. It's my pastor there, my brother, love it. No, no, seriously, <laughs> we, our, 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 my fiance, his wife is the last conversation, but we right before that. I don't look at my text message doing church. I got to stay focused because I know him. He is just Pastor I said, man, I'm not looking at this till after He's service. texting you yes, while you're preaching. Yes, well, because wow. it's a funny oh, thing. Oh, my God. Out. He's like, yeah. man, come on. I think we'll just keep singing, man. Are we going to get yeah, to the word in heaven, man? <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, and the, and the people here love him. They just feel because he really, really intrigues them like a brother. He just, and he loves me. That's, that's the truth. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to do this. This is good. We iron sharpens it. iron, right? That's right. Right. Passed up. Thank yeah. you so much. Right, Thank you, Prime Time. Thank you, Pastor. Right. Appreciate it. I'm kind of a sports geek, so to conduct that podcast was a huge thrill for me. And I do want to say thank you for listening to this particular episode of Journeys of Faith. If you haven't subscribed already, we encourage you to do so. And please give us a rating. Next week's guest is Dave Ramsey. He has an insanely popular radio show and podcast. He's also known as The Money Guy. If you have any ideas or recommendations of people you'd like to hear on the podcast, make sure you tweet me at Paula Ferris. And a huge thanks to the awesome team here at ABC Radio, Susie Liu, Joyce Alcantara, Mike Dubusky, Lewis Millman, Brianna Montalvo, Josh Cohan, and Andrew Kaub. I'll talk to you next week.